Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In the hazy aftermath of an unimaginable loss, Sarah and Phil come unhinged, recklessly ignoring the repercussions. Phil starts to lose sight of his morals as Sarah puts herself in increasingly dangerous situations, falling deeper into her own fever dream. From cinematographer Reed Morano in her directorial debut, Meadowland represents powerful performances by Olivia Wilde and Luke Wilson alongside Giovanni Rabisi, Elizabeth Moss, John Leguizamo, Kevin Corrigan, Merritt Weaver, and Juno Temple. It is a wonderful film about loss and the reaper, as it says, the repercussions of all of it. Uh, I want to thank uh, Reed Marino for being here on Film School. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Uh, well, tell me a little bit. I know that uh, this was uh, co-written or written by Chris Rossi. Uh, tell me a little bit about the uh, the journey of this uh, project and how it got to you. Well, um, I was working with this producer named Matt Tauber on a a movie, and uh, we were shooting in Austria, and, you know, we kind of had to get really involved with that film. And um, he had said to me at one point, you know, you should really think about directing. And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, because I had gone to film school originally for directing, to pursue directing, but, you know, it was from the very first shoots that I worked on that I sort of gravitated towards cinematography, which I think is lucky that I did because I think this, becoming a cinematographer and gave me, and working with all these directors gave me the best training, you know, that I could have gotten to, to prepare for directing something myself. Um, but any, in any case, he um, said, you know, we should, you should think about directing and I'm going to find something for us to do together. And I was like, okay, sure. You know, I didn't really believe him because people say stuff like that all the time. But it turns out he's a man of his word, and he um, was very he, he uh, was very determined, and he sent me several scripts, and one of which was Meadowland. And once I read that one, it really it was very powerful. Yeah. It was a very powerful read, and there was I could feel it, like I could feel what Chris had written. I could see it in my head, and more so than in anything else I had read. And I I thought, you know there's a unique opportunity here, like to take this story in a direction that is sort of, I think could be a very visceral and almost even slightly disturbing, but, but kind of an emotional roller coaster ride. Um, and, uh, you know, so then I ended up, so when I liked it, Matt said, let's meet with Chris. And mm-hmm. I talked to them both on the phone and kind of gave them my thoughts on the story and where the script could go. And, you know, obviously, like, it was just a little bit different when we first got it in the sense that there were when it went into the lives of many more characters. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, I just thought I could do, I could tell the story better if it was just about getting to know the two characters really, really well. Because, you know, you, in the original, there were a lot of characters, in, which Chris also has a knack for writing, but I felt like I wasn't getting to know Sarah well enough. And I felt like that in order for this movie to be successful, we had to really get to we had to really be with her yeah. and spend the most time on her and then and then also expand on the the husband character who played by Luke Wilson so that we could get to know because I feel like by getting to know you know you have 
to have another side of the coin to compare to compare and contrast. Yeah. And I think it, I thought it was sort of an interesting story. And so that's kind of how I got involved. And Chris um, opened up to me and and welcomed me into the process. And he and I worked together ever since. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that about the, the development of the script because there are a number of other actors we mentioned, John Leguizamo, Giovanni Ribisi. There's a number of other people. But this film is about Olivia Wilde and uh, Luke Wilson, uh, Sarah and Phil. It, it is, it is, a, there's sort of a, a feel, a vibe to it. Um, and I, the fact that uh, you come from this cinemat- cinematographer background, there's lots of uh, close-ups. Uh, they're framed in interesting ways. Um, and it and it really brings you into the intimacy of this, and this horrific uh, circumstance that they find themselves in. Unbelievable and one of the powerful things about Meadowland is um, it, it you were you did an effective job of conveying the surrealness of the situation. First, initially, that they're sort of uh, when they realize that their that their son is missing, and then the I it's you know the, as I said, unimaginable set of circumstances beyond that. How does someone live their life? You know, moving past all of that, uh, and it just. Very effective, and the, a lot of credit goes to the way you set them up, and also in the performances. Uh, you know, Olivia's amazing, so is Luke, but Olivia's the film. Um, what about the casting? I know she's also the producer, Olivia Wilde. Tell me a little bit about that process, how how she came into the project. Um, well, what was it was kind of great. I was kind of pushing back like on the project a little bit because I was nervous to, I think I was just, nervous for it to become real, even though I wanted it to become real. And um, Matt Tauber was sort of, he was just very eager to get it going, even when I wasn't sure if we were ready yet, you know, in terms of script and things like that. Like, I wasn't sure if I was ready to put it out there. And um, we did, so, so, you know, Maddie was like, I'm going to get it out there. He got it out to the agencies. And before you know it, I was getting phone calls um, from Olivia's agent. He was He left me three messages saying, can you please have lunch with Olivia? And I was like, whoa, this is kind of cool and crazy. Um, and, and, you know, I was, you know, right off the bat, I wasn't like, well, Olivia, this is exactly who I was thinking of for this role. Because it wasn't, she wasn't who I was thinking of. And, but that's precisely why it became really exciting to me. Because I love, as a viewer, as, as a pers- movie watcher, seeing actors do things that I've never seen them do before. Yeah. Um, I think that that is so much more entertaining than seeing the usual suspects do the same things over and over. Yeah. Um, and and I was just like, hmm, this is interesting. Totally not who I was imagining. I was really thinking of the usual suspects. Um, mm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to meet with her, you know. But I also knew if I met with her, I'd probably fall in love with her because I, could, I already knew enough about her to know um, that she's a very intelligent woman yeah. and... Um, you know, feisty and smart and and uh, passionate and well-spoken and down-to-earth. So we ended up meeting, and of course that happened. I did totally fall in love with her, and we spent like three hours talking. But what was really important about the meeting was that her insight into the story, and despite at the time not being a mother, she was just really in tune with what Sarah was going through and she had a take on it that I thought was really interesting and I still wasn't like 
I wasn't like 100% sure, like, oh my God, this is it. But I was just like, I am really intrigued by this woman. Um, I feel like she's so on it for some reason, like, and she was hungry. And she said to me, you know, I'll read, I want to read for you. And, you know, if you don't like it, if you don't like what I did, then I'll stop bothering you. And I was like, this is crazy that she wants to audition. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. And I was actually a little scared. I was probably more scared than she was because I was like, I have to go to Olivia Wilde's house and film her and pretend like I know how to direct something. So I went to her, <laughs> you know, I went to her house and we did some scenes together. And she, we were both equally very um, surprised by each other. I made some, I, I guess she talks about how I made an adjustment that, she found really unexpected and interesting and made total sense to her. And, and she had a take on it that I thought was not what I was expecting, and I loved it. So I was just like, okay, you know, I knew that that was sort of the point of an audition or, re- or just a read with an actor is not to see if they could actually hit it in the, uh, um, in the reading. It's more to see how does their mind work, you know? Yeah, and, exactly. um, yeah, like how do they, they how, where do they take themselves when given a certain adjustment and um can they make changes and, and choice and like what are the choices they like to make so i just felt like she was real i just found her to be so um uh you know thoughtful in what she was doing and very nuanced even in that small even in that short time together and so the next day we cast her because i was just like you know what like this is totally balls out crazy the only reason i think that you know the, the things i had against Olivia at the time were just that she wasn't a mom and that she was like the most beautiful person I've ever seen in real life. <laughs> um, and I was like, how am I going to make this? How am I going to make people watching this movie forget that she's Olivia Wilde um, and think that she's an every woman, Sarah, you know? Yeah. And um, I realized that that's stupid to hold. You shouldn't hold yourself back or um, have those notions about actors because they're trans most actors are transformative in the right hands and olivia totally transformed she transformed everything about herself her physical physicality the way she carried herself you know together we made these like decisions to you know that she wasn't going to wear makeup of any kind and that we were you know she wasn't you know olivia in real life stands up very straight and tall and erect and in the movie sarah is like you know, a shell of a person. So she is sort of more or less like doesn't have very good posture and doesn't move with any kind of spring in her step. And it was just like the moment the cameras were rolling, Olivia went right into that place. Um, So it's, and just the way she spoke was even different, you know? So it was a fortunate uh, fortunate that she found me. <laughs> yeah, and let me just say, and I want to talk about Luke Wilson as well, because uh, he... He's terrific as well, but I want to just because this is where I think this melding of your previous work on Frozen River, which was a, such a terrific film, um, and um, and your work as a cinematographer, I think it it kind of played into what you're talking about because there are a lot of close-ups of her, and one of the things that I I really like about her performance, it's it's a pretty calibrated performance, but it's not obviously calibrated. It's an emotionally calibrated performance on her part, where over the course of the film. Uh, she, you can see in her eyes she becomes kind of frenetic, uh, and and then it there's a couple of scenes where you can see sort of a crazed look to her, uh, and then there's some you know back and forth with her and 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 Phil where he's trying to ground her, trying to bring her back in, and 
and she just looks even more frenetic. And I just thought, I thought she did uh, a lot to pull the as an audience she, to pull us into her world. Uh, she is a very attractive woman, obviously, uh, but that didn't. But that just was not even a factor in how she was physic, as you said, physically, but the facial features and the way she was able to do that. And again, I think you did a terrific job of of really making that such a key element of of the, her performance and the end of the film. Um, it's Thank just one, yeah, it's really wonderful. Um, and just in a few minutes, I want to talk a little bit about Luke. Luke Wilson um, hasn't really gotten, in my opinion, gotten an awful lot of uh, opportunities to play beyond what we kind of know from some of his films. I thought he was terrific in the Royals; um, did a great job. But I don't think he's gotten to that level of those the roles that I think are befitting him. And I think you were able to bring out a lot of great stuff about him and his performance in this. Uh, very understated, but also, again, in his own way, losing it in in a very yeah. controlled kind of way as opposed to, to the way that uh, uh, Sarah did. Wonderful stuff. Were you surprised yeah, by... Yeah, no, I'm glad that you're appreciating Luke because, you know, I mean, I think people in general are... Um, I mean, Olivia's such a powerhouse... Um, it's easy for anyone to be overshadowed by her, but I think it was Luke was a great um, sort of yin to her yang, and like I think that um, you know that was the whole point. The whole point is is that they are dealing with it in totally different ways. But but I like that you see the common thread between them, which is that they're both they're both like going off the rails. It's oh, just yeah. that they're doing it differently, and um, you know I think that's also representative of real relationships too because pe- people who are opposites often get together you know and um you know you have to have it's that's why a lot of relationships work well because you have that balance between them but I think what's so great about Luke is I kind of knew he could do this based on who he was as a person on the set of Skeleton Twins it wasn't even really necessarily from his Skeleton Twins performance which was awesome but totally different than this yeah um he just the way he carried himself on the set. I just like had this weird feeling about him. I was like, I feel like this guy can. He's he could really like, yeah, you know, knock people's socks off, and and if given the right material. And I think, um, you know, I I watched some of him in, in Enlightened, and he was really excellent on that. And there was some hints there, in um, you know, a couple of the episodes that centered on him, where I was like. I, He's got a dark side, and uh, he's also got a real range, and it's just not utilized enough. And so uh, I was just excited that the that you know we were able to get him on the movie and have him do this, and that he was willing to play this understated role. But he did it with such grace, and also made such unique choices yeah. that were yeah. not obvious. Right. You know. Yeah. We're speaking with Reed Morano, the cinematographer and director for the film. Uh, Meadowland coming out uh, today, Friday, October 16th. The reaction to the film has been pretty darn terrific. Uh, uh, the uh, the critical acclaim for her for Olivia's performance as well as just the film itself. Uh, what's the thing that you, as a first time director, you know, taking this experience and moving forward? What is the thing that you think you're going to take away from this uh, as a director moving into to new projects? I mean, I've I learned a lot from this experience. I think I one of the things I'll take away from it is that it is good to trust my voice or the weird way that I see things because I do think one of the 
things that people are hungry for is a different perspective when they go to the movies um, and not just something they've seen before. Um, and to that end, you know, like, I think I want to just try different things, you know, like try, you know, the next time around, bring some other things to the table so people are constantly surprised. Um, and, yeah, I think that that's sort of the short answer. I could give you a really long <laughs> one. <but. laughs> okay. Well, for another time in your, in your next project, one last thing. I thought the sound direction or the sound, the design in this was terrific. Oh, yeah. I, I wanted to mention that. I meant to talk about it, but it is a. You really melded all of these elements together well. The visual, but I thought the the sound design on this film is really, really good. And I thought I would be remiss if I didn't mention that. In, in yeah, that's my um, uh, collaboration with my sound designer Tony Vellante, who's amazing. And um, it was meant to sort of, you know, in my mind, I always felt like the sound had to play a really big role in the film and just be another character. Because, you know, in, in those moments where you're going through emotional duress, yeah. I feel like sounds become heightened and like other sensory, you know, other senses, um, you know, sort of like uh, becomes right. like tunnel vision, you right. know, right. it becomes, you know, so in a sense, it's like, you know, you remember almost certain memories I have, I remember the sounds really well, and I don't even really remember what was happening visually. So so anyway, that's kind of where that came from, so I'm glad that you noticed that. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Come back, please, uh, again, uh, whether whatever the project is. I, I This is just a wonderful piece of work, um, and I look forward to uh, whatever you're going to be working on next. Reed Morano, the yes. director, cinematographer of the film Meadowland, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.